Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus Investor Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. This is the episode for July, July 2023. And already there's, I'm going to be talking about Neptune because Neptune turns retrograde on the 1st of July. Some places in the world it will be still June, but we're going with the 1st of July because I feel it really needs looking at. We need to sit up and take notice when Neptune is active because even the fact that we it's across two days, it's Neptune brings us into a quite a foggy, unsure, unclear um you know, where the facts are not straight. You know, we're not sure where Neptune is. It's not necessarily going to give you the clarity and uh, that you need. Neptune, of course, rules our dreams. And, you know, these can be kind of completely outrageous or, you know, th- that's the idea with Neptune. You can dream and you can imagine anything. And of course, you know, Neptune is also the divine you know, Neptune is where miracles happen, but Neptune is also where we might get lost because Neptune is about the illusion and the delusion that we tell ourselves and that we kid ourselves. And even these can be some of the most simplest ideas that we tell each other and kid ourselves on with and keep believing it. It's the trickery and lies. And of course, as we move into July, Neptune is stationing retrograde. And of course, Neptune rules the sea, the big, vast sea that is completely unfathomable and unreachable by modern man. And here we are, all eyes are on the Titan, the submarine, the mini submarine that has taken those five guys down to the depths to see the wreckage of the Titanic. That is an incredible journey and an incredible feat. And of course, it's taking someone to the bottom of the ocean. And and whilst it as it was happening, you can see that Neptune slowing down, ready to 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 go retrograde. So stationing Neptune was square to the sun in Gemini in all. And this square is kind of full of trickery. The sun in Gemini, you know, lots of communication and ideas and short journeys square to the king of illusion and the king of the sea. So this was really bad astrology for that submarine to go down to do any kind of sea fair initiatives and journeys. And on top of that, they're actually going to a place which, you know, you could say was was already cursed or had some doom prediction laid around it. And there they were going straight into the eye of the needle there. And not only was this like a doom laden piece of land there, the the, the Titanic sank under so much mystery because we understand about the idea now that JP Morgan, who built this on the White Star Line, he wanted to set up the Federal Reserve Bank and he had many oppositions and all the people that were in opposition to this were on the on this amazing boat that was to sail it was this gigantic palace and at the last minute JP Morgan and a few other people 
decided not this is JP Morgan's boat and he decided not to go on to the Titanic for this journey um, claiming some kind of illness or something but you know you'd go anyway there were doctors he had his whole household on that boat and he took himself and I think his wife off the boat and didn't sail and of course, three, four months later, the the Federal Reserve Bank went ahead because everyone who was against it was um, uh, killed on that dreadful, fateful day. So, you know, the Titanic and um, is very Neptunian. The whole idea around it is Neptunian, that we lost these people and then a, then a whole wave of something else appears and nobody really knows the truth and everyone is either given a lie to believe, and they believe it, uh, the whole of mankind believes it until 100 years later, which we're just over 100 years later, that we're still in the mainstream believing that lie, unless you look a little bit deeper. And and maybe that not is, maybe what we're now told about JP Morgan has some, um, you know, it isn't that all the truth but there's definitely something more to it and that's exactly Neptune's area the mystery the fogginess the haziness the idea that you can believe something and there's an illusion happening a glamour and when I say a glamour I mean like a sparkle of something that just mystifies you and allows you to believe it and here it is at the bottom of the ocean so very Neptunian anyway any astrologer would have looked at that chart and said, do not go on a journey right now. But anyway, here we are in July 2023 and um, we've had that journey. So um, also I kind of having so much, you know, having a bad water in your chart. I always have, um, I've got very, I've got dark water in my chart and I'm always feeling like, I would never do something. Maybe this is my fear speaking here, but I have a double grand trine, which is conjunct each other. So it's layered. And, and I always feel like there's a water, big water element going on in my chart. And, and just the notion then that maybe I, in a past life or that I had a death via water, or I'm going to, that's the way I'm going to um, pass on in this life. So um, I, I'm already kind of like on tender hooks about the volume of water that's involved or is happening in the charts right now and for the beginning of July. And of course, also, we've just had news that the um, um, the girl that drowned, that we're saying that she committed suicide by um uh, she fell in the she fell in the river, and so there's been this year long debate about whether she did it on purpose or fell. And we've just had the inquiry come out and say that no, that she actually uh, she did fall in, and the family coming out saying this is so much online information and lies going on, saying that she um, that she would never have done that, or she there's sorry there's so many lies online lies and stories going on you know, conspiracy theories about this young girl saying, yeah, she, she, this is what happened and this is why she did it. And she, you know, there's, there's, and the family coming out saying, this is really hurtful to us. And um, none of it's true. We don't believe that she would have done that. And so even a small story like that on the week that Neptune goes retrograde, we've got another 
watery story coming out that isn't true or is it true the family want want to know that you know the inquiry comes out and it's a year later and you know the, the, there's another example of Neptune's effect that's happening right now so going back to the submersible the Titan you know it set off on the Sunday and then by the Monday it was missing and on so the US Navy said on Monday they I think it was within oh the set sorry let me start again on the Sunday when it went missing the US Navy said that they lost contact with them after about 2 hours that's quite quickly now I think it like took 6 hours to get to the bottom or something like that I'm you know it's incredible they lost contact you know virtually straight away in in context of the whole time it would take there so so but by Monday it was declared missing by the US Navy on Tuesday, they said, oh, we've heard a banging noise. And on Wednesday, it said, you know, now they're running out of air. And gosh, that's another Neptune thing. Um, and then on Thursday, oh, no, you know, there has been an explosion. There is debris indicative of an explosion or in this case, an implosion. But what we now know is that the US Navy knew already on Sunday, as soon as they lost contact, they knew that the submersible had imploded already. But so, so why didn't they say that straight away? Why were we given Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Why weren't we told until Thursday or th that this had happened? Why put out this story as so Neptunian to, to kind of put this facade of, of the world's media going, oh no, there's banging and there's this. It, it's most horrible for the families as well. But they already knew it had imploded at the bottom of the sea on Sunday. So what were they trying to, what, what, you know, is there some bigger story going on here? You know, why would they put that story out so that we're all fascinated with this incredible feat? And and then you look a bit deeper into what was going on in the news that week. And, and of course, remember the square to Gemini. The sun in Gemini. And on that week, JP Morgan and Jeffrey Epstein's emails were released. That was 47 million emails released. And you think, oh, God, that's immense. They must have been having a lot of conversations. So the emails were released and then JP Morgan lost them. They were mistakenly deleted how can you mistakenly delete 47 million emails do you know how long it takes for to i've got 27000 emails in my inbox i don't know how to get rid of them because you can only delete about 400 at a time i think i mean obviously they've got major I, i'm i'm the tech egypt but they, so they've got the pros on it. So it must have taken a pro to delete 47 million emails. What are they hiding? So this is more Neptunian or more, you know, the, the lie that covers the lie or the, the glamour, the narrative that covers the lie. They were only, JP Morgan were only fined 4 million for that. And to use the term, that's just a drop in the ocean for them. God, I'm just like, Neptune is so highly active and we can't even see it drop in the ocean. Um, so this is a horror for me because none of Jeffrey Epstein's other clients have been named and they would obviously have been in these emails. So somebody, uh, you know, not somebody, quite a few people are hiding stuff. 
they must have been paid to delete those emails, you know, on pain of death or with a lot of money. Forget the four million they got fined. They could have been given 40 million or something to hide that, to hide it. So they made a profit there. That's for sure. So that's what happened in the week that we're all looking or the media was all showing us what was happening on this submersible, which has already imploded. The other thing that was happening that week, Joe Biden was undergoing um, an impeachment vote. And so here we are. You know, so that was completely taken out of the media. And even with the impeachment vote, there wasn't an even a, a clear outcome and, and they delayed it or or postponed it to happen at another time. God, you could not get more Neptunian than this. So all these ideas that were um, being played out are, have just got the, the wash of this big wave of Neptune coming over them. I think it's fascinating to see when you really look at um, a planet and its effect when it's when it's highly active, like Neptune is now. So we can also ask, so what is it happening in my life now? Because obviously the macro and the micro, there will be some elements of this happening in our lives too. So yeah, when Neptune goes retrograde, it's one of those planets where if it's going backwards or forwards, you know, there's there's still the obscurity, you know, using one thing to hide another or believing in something because it suits you and it keeps you in your comfort zone. And um, however, we're going to be now underlining those things when it goes retrograde. It's going to be the deception is going to be underlined and we have to sit up and take notice. And I thought it's quite strange, you know, we're looking at deep fake videos as well. AI, you know, replacing humans and the idea that if you cannot have, if you can have a conversation with an AI bot and not realise it's AI, that's quite a scary moment for humanity in a really quite profound way. And, and this is the kind of idea that you've the Yuval Noah Harari is saying he's he's uh, going on to this idea that, you know, humans are going to be hackable in the future. And he is saying that when we are relating to these machinery, to AI, and we're not aware that it is, then then we're in big trouble uh, because we do know that the machinery can talk to each other and um, grow and learn in such phenomenal ways. So um, that moving on from the idea that, that about the sea and the water we're talking about, there is also the tech idea of getting lost in tech, the deep fakes, the AI, which is the deception, the illusion that we're all creating. And the fact, you know, that we're all, we're not all, but a lot of us are lost in a scrolling mode. I put my hand up there and, um, really being drawn into the internet in and in, so that we can lose hours of our time just scrolling that's so neptunian and maybe that's something to work on whilst uh neptune is actually going retrograde to understand that's where i'm losing half my day for instance and i do think this relates to the the mars going retrograde in gemini which ha obviously happened last year from october through to january and then the shadow through to uh, march this year that 
we're only beginning to really understand that Mar- that Mars retrograding in Gemini, the media, you know, which would be completely in charge of all the AI, the deep fakes. And this is now coming out. And of course, when Mars went retrograde in Gemini, it did do a few squares to Neptune to really push us through into um, a new kind of illusion that this is creating you know, a a new problem for humanity to decipher what is truth, what is illusion, and is the illusion sustainable and beneficial? So can we go with that illusion? Is that okay to go with that? Those kind of ideas. So I feel with Neptune going retrograde now, these are more ideas for us to consider straight away. And the more possibilities of lies that we're looking at, there's more possibility also of magic and miracles. And I mention all this because, and I'm talking about this because at the 1st of July, it really kicks off the month for a really powerful energy that we can we can use, we can ignore it, or we can use for our own benefit and for our own spiritual advancement. If Neptune is is sitting on conjuncting squaring trining is working with any of your planets or angles then definitely this is something for you to to work on to look into to underline and 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 check in with yourself this is like um well so neptune is retrograding at 27 degrees pisces and so anything around you've got around 27 degrees because it will be the sextiling, squaring, trining or opposing or conjuncting Neptune is possibly somewhere that you might want to have a look at. But this is also um, the idea that you can access then in a magical way the quantum field. And I highly recommend the book by Dr. Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural, because here he's saying that, you know, via breathwork, meditation, that we can access the quantum field and just order up and manifest the life that we want. So when Neptune goes retrograde like this, this is the opportunity for us all on an individual level to get to that point where we can um, go into the hazy area and actually bring our essence there, bring our imagination and our dreams and make them come to life. So Definitely, if you are uh, connected to this 27 degrees in any way, um, let's go for it. Go for it on a personal level, but also then understand that you are part of the, that this is the matrix. You know, the, the whole system they're in, we are in a matrix and the film The Matrix isn't far wrong on what is really happening here in the world. So if you have planets angles around this 27 degrees, perhaps it's a, you know, it's an awareness for you to see not only what's happening in your personal life, but beyond. And the more you heal yourself, the more you become aware of that, the more it then affects all of us because we are all one and we are, this is um, a glitch here in the machine, in the matrix for us to access the oneness and the incredible creative potential here. And the idea, because it's Neptune and there is a creative potential, that you can access that that by your energy field, by your dreams, by your breath work, by meditation, um, all ethereal ideas. But 
But on the 3rd of July, only a couple of days later, we have the full moon in Capricorn. And of course, Capricorn is the manifest world. And we know Capricorn likes goals. Capricorn's going to love your dreams if you put them into action. And I think that's quite a beautiful idea to switch from the way you might be feeling it, dreaming about it, breathing into it, meditating on it. And suddenly here's the Capricorn full moon to go. Right. OK, here we go. Manifest it. This is such a great combination of magic, discovery and putting your best effort uh, and your highest kind of goal achieving ideas into action. The full moon in Capricorn is happening at 11 degrees Capricorn. So it isn't conjunct Pluto, which is still at 29 degrees, but Pluto will be active all month anyway. So this full moon in Capricorn is really opening up, um, opening up the whole of Capricorn, really. So so it's not a specific conjunction with Pluto, but a really alivening of Capricorn. But also this full moon is trine to Jupiter in Taurus. So this is a nice alignment. Jupiter is at nine degrees Taurus and the full moon is at 11 degrees Capricorn. A lovely trine there of earth energy, of earth energy that helps us, supports us, sustains us. Jupiter is there going, yeah, do it. Let's do it. This is a time because of the Jupiter aspect here is that this is a time to ask for funding for your product projects. This is a time to get the pay rise, to sort your finances out, to really bring in some kind of abundance element and put it, put pen to paper, sign documents, create some avenue for funding, for money, for payment. It's really, there's a nice flow of money around this and it's a really um, as I said, creative time here from the 1st to the 3rd and even for 5th of July, this whole week is going to be quite um, in the flow of abundance, especially if you put your mind to it. And as jo Dr. Joe Dispenser says, you've got to go up into the quantum field using breathwork to do that and order it up. Place it out there. Put your order, your very specific order Um and especially doing it around this Capricorn moon. So get your best dreams and plan them. And this reminds me of the saying, you know, if you don't have big dreams or goals, you'll end up working for someone who has to who does, which is quite funny, but true. And and this other saying, this is so very much Capricorn trying Capricorn full moon trying Jupiter after Neptune hazy Neptune goes retrograde representing our dreams so this is a dream written down with dates is a goal but even a dream written down is is manifesting some idea anyway so this but the saying goes a dream written down with dates is a goal and a goal broken down into steps becomes a plan and a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true here we are, the first week of July. Let's do it. And then straight away, the next day after the full moon in Capricorn, the moon then does conjunct with Pluto, goes through, gets to the end of Pluto. So we're definitely, when we're doing this work, we're going to really feel something stir deep within the bile rising, the karma enacted, or, you know, our reality shifting and perhaps evolving 
Remember Pluto, it's evolve or die. We have to move with the times and we're going to move into something far greater than we can imagine. And, and you might be already exhausted by this, but on the 7th of July, Mars, warrior god Mars, is going to conjunct Pallas Athena. Pallas Athena, the war she's also a warrior goddess, but also she's in charge of our absolute genius, where we have this genius insight, where we have a speciality in an understanding. Um, so what could be more impressive than these two and they've been activated in, in Leo? So come on, bring the drama to it, enact it out. And it's this is very much, you know, you've done all the work, you've done you've done your Capricorn full moon uh, stuff. But now we want to maybe act it out. This is like I'm going to act like I know I'm going to um, act out my job interview. I'm going to act out how I was, how I will be when I'm made my first million. I'm going to I'm going to start working on it and, and behaving like I have already done it, which is so the Leo, the drama, the um, getting to that point and, and becoming dressing, dressing like you are the millionaires, millionaire dressing, behaving and uh, feeling that abundance very much so. And, and but not just it's not just dress up, it's using your wit and your wisdom. And this conjunction between Mars and Pallas Athena is happening at 28 degrees Leo. And this is exactly where Venus is going to move up to to retrograde on the 23rd later on in the month. So we can see that that whatever's happening now, whatever process we're activating, what dreams we're trying to process and make happen here, Mars and Pallas Athena are going, yeah, yeah, come on, act like, you know, dress like you're doing it already, behave, assume the role already, give yourself that role center stage and make something happen for yourself. Because straight after, well, not straight after, on the 10th, Mars then moves into Virgo and this is the precision knife. This is the critique and the insight, the analysis gone kind of super sharp. But remember, don't turn that analysis and critique back on yourself, especially with all those planets in Leo. I mean, Mars in Virgo, you want to use it to get into the nitty gritty and look at really what the detail is saying, because the Leo planets in Leo very much tend to overlook any detail. So remember to use that detail, the critique, but don't turn it in on yourself because that would be self-sabotage. And Mars going into Virgo, naught degree Virgo on the first day, it does this on the, on the 10th, is going to make a trine with the north node destiny point, who is also at zero degree, but in Taurus. So this is two earth signs, again, making a really nice trine to each other. And the earth signs are ready to work towards something. The earth signs here making a trine means really stable, methodical support that can really bring you good action that is, is going to get results, is going to enable some kind of manifestation. So this is super good for the beginning of July. And then straight away on the next day, on the 11th of July, so we have Mercury moving into Leo. So on the 10th, Mars moves into Virgo to try in the North Node. And then the 11th, Mercury moves into Leo and then squares the North Node. And so Mercury into Leo is a fire sign. It's going to square the North Node destiny point um, at, 
and both at zero degree, whereas Mars will have moved on by then. But still, this is giving the doorway to the future with Mercury here in Leo going, da-da, here I come. I'm opening those doors. I'm going, I'm going to knock, knock. <laughs> here I come. And so, you know, this is like the message. This is a good day to send out a message. This is a good day to to press send on something you've been planning. This is a good day to turn up and go, hello. And, um, you know, meet the people that you want to meet that you think are going to be um, active people within your goals and plans and where you want to to get to. So all in all, um, the first couple of weeks in July are really creative, but it's something that we actually have to take notice of and get working with. So on the 17th of July, the second big astrological event of the month is happening, the first being the Neptune retrograde. So this second big astrological event is the North Node now um, ingressing, making an ingress into Aries. So the North Node, of course, moves backwards the whole time because it's not a planet. It's a point that the, where the moon is moving around the Earth. And it's like, you know, when you, sp you spin a top or spin a saucer, that circle where the, a plate would move around before it goes still, it, go, it sort of circles round and the edge one edge only touches the floor at a time. So it's like that mo that movement is going backwards. And that point is our North Node destiny point. And, um, and it's like our doorway to the future. So, and it only changes, change, sorry, it only changes signs every 18 months. So arguably, this is the astrological event of July and the times that we are now in. But I'm saying it's the second because we've got another one coming up too. Um, another big astrological event. So yeah, the North Node is now moving backwards from zero degree Taurus into 29 degrees Aries. Now, remember 29 degrees Aries, what was happening then? 29 degrees Aries, we had a, a solar eclipse at 29 degrees Aries only a couple of months ago. And remember, when we were talking about that 29 degrees, it's, it's, it's one, it's an anoretic degree. It's super powerful. It's Aries. It's in the first sign of the Zodiac. It's in the war sign of the Zodiac. It really wants you to, it's forcing you to get going. And if you were not aware of all the creative potential that we've been talking about before, you know, I think this would come as a massive surprise to you and almost like another eclipse moment. It's like an explosion. It's like, da -da. so here we are ready to really sort of step forward massively. We have to because the 29 degrees is the anoretic degree. It's going to force the issue, force something to happen that needs to happen. So now the axis is moving from the south node in Scorpio, north node in Taurus to the south node in Libra and the north node in Aries. This is such a different flavour a completely new era and I expect on the day that it changes this is the 17th of July that something big will happen something around these Aries themes will occur and of course you know North Node in Aries is about initiating action having really good ideas 
oh, really bad ideas, whatever, and just going for it. You know, I'm just going to go and try anyway. And it's the kind of place where, you know, people say, you know, if I have, you know, when they started a business or something and they've gone, well, if I'd have known what it would entail, I wouldn't have done it because I just don't have the skills, but they've gone and done it anyway. And that's definitely an Aries taking the action, whatever. And it's a good place to be, really, even, you know, to otherwise startups would never happen. So I do think in the next 18 months, there's a real opportunity to startups to happen. Um, and, and maybe many more industry titans and people helping other people get started in their own initiatives. And because the South Node is in Libra now, perhaps the idea of previous business relationships might have come in as part of the deal. So you say, right, I met this person working for JP Morgan or whoever it was, big company. And he and I, she and I are going to go off and start this company together and make a good deal with it. Or also, on the other hand, maybe there's an idea about relationships like a Tinder or Bumble idea that I can then create something with because Libra, this I, Libra is relationships. Libra is harmony. And so maybe there's some ideas around that to really get started and going and bring about for the next, you know, next 18 months of of North Node in Aries. It's just like, just do it. And it is quite funny that the just do it is the the sign for Aries is like a sort of very nice V. But really, the V is supposed to be the, the dip onto the face. And then the the two uh, side, the top part of the V is the horns of the ram. So that that's the symbol of Aries. And it's like a swoosh even. So it's like a just do it. The Nike is just Nike symbol. Again, just do it. Anyway, Aries is also the divine masculine. And of course, with the North Node here, there is going to be an opportunity for the masculine to be redefined and um, not necessarily changed. But, you know, the, the divine masculine has to step up and take ownership of their area in astrology, in our manifest world. We are always going to have male and female. And it's not that we're just going to blend them together in the future. There is always going to be male and female, whether the people, whether you're in the middle or not, we're all going to have male and female parts to us, but self, but there are archetypal energies. And in the coming era, I think we've seen a lot of happen to women. We've seen how women have had to give up their spaces to, um, you know, it's always happening to women, but maybe now it's time to focus to go on the men and men to include more of of um, so. Uh, so for men to have more inclusion within their spaces, you know, say it's particularly in sport. So that's an idea around gender, but also the masculine to be redefined as, um, you know, a polarity and something we want we want the masculine we don't we're so used to being in the in the recent times of denying that idea of what men are but really it needs to evolve into emotional beings that can express emotion but also the leadership qualities the dynamic qualities the strength um and and the and the ability to care and provide for 
these are all masculine ideas that perhaps have been uh, maligned in the past. And so this next 18 months, I'm very interested to see how masculine energy will flow and, um, and, and redefine itself, hopefully. Because the North Node's journey through Aries is going to encounter Eris, feisty Eris, the asteroid, and also Chiron. So the North Node will be backing into Chiron and that will be a massive healing. That will be um, an understanding of what, what our mental wounds are, what our triggers are, and understanding as well that the mental health that we're talking about that is in the mainstream right now mental health isn't just a set of biology that you then can take a chemical to avoid mental health is also emotional health and maybe there is going to be help and support for the masculine within this as well so looking forward to what may come about for um that the next 18 month period especially when the north node meets up with chiron the wounded healer so I've talked a lot about the North Node moving into Aries and I think it is quite dynamic. It will be dynam dynamic on the 17th of July, but also on the same day, we've got the Cancer New Moon. And Cancer is, of course, very emotional. Cancer it will bring our emotions to the surface and we'll be feeling those. But so with the both of with the North Node going into Aries, activating the Aries dynamism and the new moon in Cancer, there is a huge likelihood to have big emotional outbursts to go right, to say it, to feel it, to go, I've got to let this out somehow, because it's like the water is rising with Cancer, the water and the emotional aspect is rising within. And so um, the North Node in Aries is going to allow that to have a channel, have a have a, an expression. And this could also be an expression of love and empathy and compassion as much as it could be anger and um, or indignation for yourself or for someone else. And I say this because the Cancer New Moon is all about family and connecting with your family, redefining your family, its family orientation. But with the North Node is moving to Aries and Aries is the self. Aries is the ego self. Um, and perhaps this is this is um, a double aspect, two things happening at the same time, and they are in square to each other. So there is the potential for a for a huge blow up, for a big debate about these things. The, 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 the idea that we're dissolving the family on one level to then put ahead, a, you know, to put ahead your own ego, your own needs and desires first against um, the idea of the, the family unit. So potentially there is a debate that's going to be happening around that. And of course, Cancer New Moon is the reminder to, to stick with the family of the love, the empathy and caring that we are all together within this. And it adds a real flavor of compassion to the North Node moving into Aries, which I like. Um, but let's see what ignites around that. It's it, there's a very um, starter energy to that. It's a real... Um, it's slightly conflicting, but in, in that way, it could be very zestful. It could be energizing and it will allow you to um, connect with your emotions at that time. And so moving on to the 20th of July, Mars then is in um, Virgo 
and Mars is going to oppose Saturn retrograde in Pisces. And Mars in Virgo, you know, this is, I, I need the details here. And this could be the revelation that of ideas or maybe some hardships that have been brewing because Saturn retrograde in Pisces is going to be looking at the pain as where we've lost ourselves and maybe where there's been abuse or or where we've been really trying hard at something. And 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 now Mars in Virgo is going to go, well, that's why that's not happening <laughs> or that's that's the clarity you need here. And the opposition might be a little bit, well, I didn't want to know that, you know, it's too much information or, um, um, I, you know, I, I don't need that. I didn't want that clarity. Thanks. <laughs> because of the opposition, it might not feel that good, but Mars is there to tell it like it is in Virgo. So it's quite crucial that we perhaps go through this. And Mars is the person, Mars in Virgo is going to show us what the elephant in the room is. So it's it's going to be helpful on some level, but it also might be quite shocking because of this opposition to Saturn. This is happening at the six degrees. Mars is at six degrees Virgo. Saturn is at six degrees Pisces. So it's the six degree point that Mars is going to come in with his sword, perhaps painfully, perhaps quite poignantly is going to point something out or or draw our attention to something that needs the critique, that needs the analysis, that needs clarity and the details. So I'm I'm totally up for this, even though perhaps we might not want to know the truth here. <laughs> and so then we move on to the 22nd and 23rd of July, which are is a big time. It's there's a lot going on around here. So on the 22nd the sun is going to oppose Pluto. And of course, the sun opposes Pluto once a year, but squares it also once, twice a year. Two squares, one opposition. Um, and so sun opposing Pluto is often a struggle. You know, it's the light and the dark, you know, what's going on in underneath and the sun, our vital force now in Cancer at the 29 degrees of Cancer um, opposing Pluto at 29 degrees Pluto. That's like, come on, we are having this argument whether you like it or not. This is really kind of right. Here we are together with that Mars in Virgo. It's like now I know the facts. I've got to have this argument. I've got to get in with this struggle here. So it's enough to have an opposition at two planets or one's a luminary, the sun and Pluto at 29 degrees, the anoretic degrees having an opposition. But on top of that, they are in a forming a T-square. They are both square to the north node, uh, which is now newly in Aries at 29 degrees Aries. And of course, that Aries with that point is where we had the eclipse earlier. And I think I remember saying the eclipse, that's when Elon Musk sent his rocket into the, um, oh, it's a, in inverted commas, successful rocket send off, blasting it off into space where it kind of exploded, which of course is going to happen at 29 degrees Aries. 29 degrees Aries is like anywhere on that chart, on our chart out of 360 degrees there, it's going to be explosive. It is an explosive point. So again, no one told Elon Musk that that was a bad astrology to go shooting things up into the sky. Or maybe it's good because he needed it to happen. However, when we've got this this 
this, you know, Mars has already said, here, here's, here are the facts that you might have been deluding yourself with. And now we've got this opposition, the sun in cancer going, these emotional aspects are important. Pluto in opposition in Capricorn going, well, business has to happen. We need to make money. And then this north node move moving into the 20. So they're all at 29 degrees and this explosive spot in between them. I think this is this is a major force happening here. This is this is very um it is an explosive situation. There will be something quite outrageous, shocking happening at this point on the 22nd of July. We can definitely expect some drama. This is like the crisis is going to be dialed up way past 10. And, and thinking about this and looking at the astrology, you kind of go, well, what's happening in Ukraine? This seems to be dialed up quite a lot as I'm speaking. So when we get to the 22nd, I really feel that this could be hugely a heated, the heat on that is, is super strong right now around the 22nd. And the astrology here is, is going to give it a real boost. So I think we might see something in, in, well, I think the war, the idea of war might be get Sorry, I can start again <laughs> with these planets at 29 degrees and especially the square with the north node at 29 degrees Aries. I really think the war in Ukraine may get a huge boost and and there may be such warmongering between the, both the sides and it might not actually happen, but there will be some kind of elevation of of the anger of, of from both sides, something might happen on the 22nd. Um, so basically hold on to your hats around this time, uh, because obviously this is happening on a global level. But on personally, if you have planets at 29, you're probably familiar with that kind of energy anyway. But this is hot headed day, if ever there was one. So a T-square, Aussie holds things in a like this is the drama and the intensity but the sun is going to move out of position quite quickly it's going to move off the 29 degree of cancer and the sun on the 23rd moves into leo phew we've got leo season starting on the 23rd of july and um but also on the 23rd of july venus goes retrograde so straight after this quite dramatic day it's like it's like almost like venus goes all oh, right okay we you've said what you're going to say i'm now going to go inward and look at this um so venus is going retrograde as the sun moves into leo and it's all eyes going back into leo and perhaps this is indicative of Leo being the monarchy. So there will be, there definitely will be um, situations unraveling within the monarchy if they're not already. Um, I say this because um, this Venus retrograde is going to really personally affect the ascendant and the first house of Prince Charles, um, Queen, not Prince Charles, sorry, King Charles, Queen Camilla and the Duchess of Sussex, who are very strong first house Leos. So something is going to be moving there. But also, you know, in the modern day, it's not just monarchy that Leo that Leo's in charge. It's also leaders and celebrities. So 
all eyes, something quite large happening there in this unravelling process. And for us personally, Venus turning retrograde in Leo at 28 degrees Leo, it wants us to go inward. It's this underlining again of, of aspects or things that are happening around our heart. You know, does our heart need healing? Are we in any kind of pain that we really need to look at? And also, you know, if we if our heart is in pain or it's not at its best, then, you know, you've got to understand that that is what your heart is emanating and that is what it will attract. And Venus here in Leo is really going, look at look at what you're doing to yourself. You know, you're walking around with issues, heart pain or memories in your heart that you can't let go of. You know, the Venus here is going, look, you, you can heal this because then you're going to attract something so much better because the heart is the big the big frequency that we all feel. It's got the big toroid energy that goes out two meters and beyond so that people feel our energy from our heart, not from any other organ It's or our brain, which is very low frequency and uh, not, not frequency, um, um, sort of uh, emanation, should we say. The brain energy stays within, but the heart energy goes out. So Venus moving retrograde in Leo, who rules the heart, is a real opportunity to look inside and heal any aspects of our heart, our emotional nature, and also how we feel about ourselves, because it's Leo is self energy. It's it's um, understanding that who I am is what I then attract. And, you know, and it has this come and come and follow me. I'm doing really good things. It's got this warmth going out to it or it should have. Um, so Venus here is is allowing us to look and work on our self-love, work on our self-presence and um, and, you know, upgrade ourselves in that sense. So 28 degrees Leo, um, it's also 28 degrees Leo is where the eclipse, the great American eclipse happened uh, in 2000, August 2017. So potentially igniting that. And that was an eclipse that went straight across America, divided America. And we've had that division ever since. Um, it's also quite pertinent to um, Trump, President, ex-President Trump. He has, I think, Mars and his ascendant right on this point. So perhaps we'll see something there. But there's other uh, presidential candidates that also have... Um, Leo placements that that, you know, that they're going to have to get through before they are or to continue their presidential candidacy. Um, so more leaders there having the focus being on the leaders there and what they might be doing. But for us, we're going to be looking at our love style, focus on how we love, who we love and are we even loving um, this will be for romance, definitely. It's a very romantic time. Um, Venus going retrograde in Leo, it'll it'll want us to focus on on the romance and the sex. You know, how are we feeling and and working on our own sexual energy? Um, this is the time as well to get going with your jade egg practice jade arrows or eggs and uh yeah and to say yes and go for it really and and understand that you know what energy that you have with inside is what you bring to the party what you walk in the room as is it walking into the room with love compassion and friendliness and warmth or is it with some other attitude and obviously we want to have have the best energy when we go anywhere 
uh, because that's what we're going to get back. What you put out, you get back. It's very much a Leo concept. So Venus is going to go retrograde in Leo all from the 23rd of July throughout the whole of August. So and it doesn't actually leave the shadow zone till October. So this is quite a long process. And of course, I'm doing my Venus star Shala and there is still time to join, uh, which is a weekly um, deep dive into either a deep dive or a meditation into Venus and what she's doing within our own hearts. Um, but also, you know, well, while we're talking about, you know, Leo loves romance. It is about, you know, it's heart-centered things, but it is beyond just romance. It is who you love and the way you love them. And you learn this over time, obviously. So Venus retrograde in Leo is going to really increase the chances of any ex-boyfriends, girlfriends turning up. Any exes coming back into your life. Hi, you know, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's um, well, not sometimes, always an ex coming back into your life. There's something we need to learn here. When an ex comes back into your life and, and, and retrogrades do bring them back, even the Mercury retrograde will bring them back. But a Venus retrograde especially and a Venus in Leo will definitely bring back old heart romances back into your life. And these are coming back for, you know, maybe they need more loving, maybe need need closure, maybe you need closure. Or maybe with the Leo, it's recognizing what we did within that or what was our behavior or our attitude. And Leo wants you to realize this stuff about yourself, you know, and that what you, journey that you are on. So whoever turns up or, or it might not even be the person, it might be someone very similar or a situation that happened before that is going to turn up when in this retrograde you go this is what happened with so-and-so or it might be so-and-so themselves so um this is an opportunity not for you to gossip and and malign and go oh look at that person and whatever happens it's actually for you to heal that and to see what you could do better this time around and and i don't just say that um because Venus is retrograde in Leo, there are several aspects going on around the 22nd and 23rd, some I haven't mentioned, but these are big days. This is like, you know, quite a powerful and intense set of aspects. But also when Venus goes retrograde in Leo, Chiron, the wounded healer about our triggers and our wounds, is going retrograde in Aries. And so this is Aries here is going, right, we want to look at what's triggering you. What triggers you here? Why are you so sensitive about those things? And perhaps you don't need to be. Perhaps you can heal from them. So there's two, there's Chiron going retrograde, Venus going retrograde on the, on the 23rd of July. And of course, uh, Chiron goes retrograde from 19 degrees and Venus goes retrograde from 28 degrees. And this means they're in a very wide trine, very wide orb of a trine. But also in trine to Venus going retrogrades at 28 degrees is the north node in Aries. So again, this north node in Aries idea, it's like, wow, the, as much as I'm saying X's are going to come in, the north node in Aries is like banging open that door of, of where you need to be heading. So 
if some exes do come, you're going to go, you can see like, why did that happen? And now I need to go in this direction. Aries here is going, this is your, this is your direction. You need to be heading in. Look ahead for what you want, what is in your heart and um, do it for yourself not doing it for someone else, which might sound selfish, but um, in some tense, it's, it's putting your own oxygen mask on first. You can't help anyone else. You can't love anyone else unless you love yourself. You know how it goes. This is the time to fix that. And Venus in retrograde in Leo, you know, this is this is the chance to make yourself shine. And if you can't make yourself shine, why not? You're going to work on working on that because then on the 27th of July, Venus is going to retrograde and bump into Mercury coming the other way. And they join um, at 28 degrees still, still at that, that, that um, um, stationing retrograde point, the 28 degree point. So on the 27th, just to confuse the numbers, 27th of July, Venus will retrograde still at that 28 degrees point into Mercury coming the other way. So they conjunct at 28 degrees on the 27th of July. And this, of course, is still in a trine to the North Node. These are powerful movements and it's fire signs. It's opening up your passion. You know, this is destiny calling in a very fiery, romantic way and dramatic way. And again, you know, before I said, you know, dress as though you are the boss, dress for the future that you want to have. And this is like, you know, put it out there for who you want romantically, what you want to happen romantically within your partner or, um, you know, the planets are here to really um, help you um, enjoy your passions, you know, to such an increased level. So if you have planets around this 28 degree mark or on the 28 degree mark, I personally have my Leo sun at 28 degrees, Leo. So I'm you're going to see what's happening to me and go, oh, look, there's astrology happening. And also I have a few Leo friends who have got their sun at 28 degrees or at 27 degrees. Hi to my Leo girlfriends out there. Um, so, yeah, this is all good energy. Um and we are really responsible for making it happen. That's the idea with Leo. You, you've got to make it happen yourself. And with the North Node to Aries, get up there and do it. And it's, it's, it's the, the do it sign again. Just do it. Go for it. And with Mercury here on the 27th of July, Mercury joining Venus, Mercury wants to impart the wisdom and the learning required for this journey. It's like, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to realize here. Mercury, the Venus here is like, you know, you can you can see what's going on here. You can have a little information drop or a light bulb going on to see where you can uh, access your joy, access your passions and make them work for you. However, you know, that it, it is down to you, though, this and these planets are enabling you to see where you can take this aligned action. Sounded like Dr. Joe Dispenser again. So July looks like it's really fun packed, <laughs> full of passion, full of drama, quite intense. The fire signs are having their day. Um, there might be some tussles and some struggles, but really the idea here is that we've got to get on and do this stuff for ourselves and make it happen. Um, in a really good way. So let me know how you get on and thank you for listening.